Hello everyone and welcome to the second episode of the Turfs Up Horse Racing Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Keeler-Johnson, and we've got another fantastic weekend of racing coming up, highlighted by the Grade 2 Holy Wool Stakes at Gulfstream Park and the Grade 3 Withers Stakes at Aqueduct, a pair of major prep races on the road to the Kentucky Derby. Now, I've handicapped both of these races for the bloodhorse.com blog, Unlocking Winners, and for America's Best Racing.net. And like most people, I came to the conclusion that the two favorites, Mohay Men in the Holy Bull Stakes and Flexibility in the Withers, look pretty tough to beat. On paper, they're just standouts in small fields. Mohay Men, of course, unbeaten in three starts. He won the Nashua Stakes and the Remsen Stakes last year, a couple of grade twos. He beat Flexibility in both of those races. Flexibility, of course, came back, won the Jerome Stakes earlier this year, and is the heavy favorite for the Withers. Now, Mohay Men, in terms of speed figures, looks like the fastest horse in the Holy Bull Stakes. In terms of buyer speed figures, he's been getting faster and faster. His figure of 95 that he earned in the Remsen Stakes last year was the highest figure earned by any two-year-old colt last year. Second highest figure was earned by Greenpoint Crusader when he won the Champagne Stakes at Belmont. Greenpoint Crusader is actually here in the Holy Bull Stakes and looks like one of Mohay Men's main challengers. However, with only six horses in the race, Mohay Men having drawn post position two, he figures to be the most likely leader in this race. There's not a lot of pace on paper, and with Gulfstream Park having been playing in favor of speed as of late, as it usually does, Mohayman figures to secure the early lead from post two and probably win this race in gate-to-wire fashion. Greenpoint Crusader, as a closer, could be a little more up against it. He's also coming off a longer layoff than Mohayman, having not run since finishing seventh in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile with a bit of a tricky trip. Now, Greenpoint Crusader, very nice horse, and won the Champagne Stakes last year, grade one, by four and a half lengths over Sunny Ridge, who came back to be second, beating just a nose in the Delta Downs jackpot stakes. But, as I mentioned, Greenpoint Crusader is a closer. He likes to come from near the back of the pack. He came from sixth out of eight to win the Champagne Stakes and was 10th early on and 12th in the home stretch of the Breeders' Cup Juvenile before rallying mildly. What's particularly interesting, though, is that Greenpoint Crusader is actually going to be carrying top weight in the Holy Bull Stakes, 122 pounds. That's by virtue of his grade one win in the Champagne. So he's going to be carrying two pounds more than Mohay Men and six pounds more than Conquest Big E, a promising allowance winner at Churchill Downs. So Mohay Men is actually going to be receiving weight from his main rival. And from the looks of things, Mohay Men, it would be a, a pretty big surprise if he lost the Holy Bull Stakes. And the same goes for flexibility in the Wither Stakes. He was so impressive in the Jerome Stakes, settling nicely off the lead, five lengths back early on, and then sweeping into contention on the turn, drawing off to win by four and a quarter lengths over Vorticity, who will be back for the Wither Stakes, and warrants a close look. After all, Vorticity was involved in a pretty intense battle for the lead in the Jerome Stakes and stayed on surprisingly well in the home stretch to finish a clear-cut second, if he's able to work out a better trip today, maybe sitting off the lead or just setting an easier pace, 
he could be a little harder to reel in in the home stretch, but even still, flexibility looks very hard to beat. Since I've already handicapped both of these races, and you can read my thoughts online, I thought I'd take a little bit of a different approach with this podcast and take a look at these races from the perspective of what would they like to see these horses do in their first or possibly second races of the year. What would be the ideal performance for Mohamed in the Holy Bull Stakes? What would we like to see from flexibility, etc., etc.? We'll start with Mohamed in the Holy Bull Stakes. Since he's running here on January 30th, he's probably setting himself up for three prep races before the Kentucky Derby, with the other two being the Fountain of Youth Stakes and the Florida Derby, both at Gulfstream Park. So he's going to probably, in all likelihood, have three prep races for the Kentucky Derby. And they're three major prep races. A couple of grade twos at grade one, with some tough competition. He's up against Conquest Big E today and Greenpoint Crusader. And there's going to be more talented Colts down the line. So by running in three Kentucky Derby prep races, there's always the chance that Mohe Men could have to work really hard in these tough races. Uh, have three hard races in a row where he has to work hard to win or play second or however they unfold, which could potentially leave him tired out by the time the Kentucky Derby comes around. He might be regressing. He might peak in the Florida Derby. So what's the ideal scenario for Mohamed in the Holy Bowl Stakes? Well, given that the race doesn't have a lot of pace on paper, my thinking is Mohamed is probably going to get the lead unless the jockeys of one of the other horses gets really aggressive, decides to take command early on, but in all likelihood, Mohamed gets the lead, and I don't think the pace is going to be very fast. Wouldn't be a shock if we see a half mile in 47 and 4, 48 seconds, perhaps. So, easy pace, easy race. Mohamed, if he gets an easy lead... It would be ideal to see him capitalize on it, draw off a little bit in the home stretch, not have to work real hard for victory. Um, now, don't necessarily need to see him win by eight lengths, eased up, but two or three lengths without being pushed real hard, that would be probably the most ideal way for him, for him to win the Holy Bull Stakes, assuming he does win. In terms of final time, it doesn't have to be fast. If he's setting a slow pace, probably not going to be a really fast time. And from the same perspective, probably not going to be a really fast fire speed figure. Um, and you probably don't want to see him run a real fast fire speed figure this early on the derby trail. If he runs huge, posts a 105, then he's going to have to try and maintain that form for the next three months and a little bit until the Kentucky Derby. And that can be hard to do. We've seen horses come along, run well early, early in the Derby prep season, including Upstart, who won this race last year. Um, seen the same thing from It's My Lucky Day, Dialed In, a few other horses over the last few years. So probably for Mohe Men, the ideal performance is just a relatively easy win, not a really stunning time, nothing really flashy, just kind of a nice comeback effort that he can build on in the Fountain of Youth Stakes and the Florida Derby. As for Greenpoint Crusader, he 
is going to be kind of up against it probably from a pace perspective trying to close from off the pace over this speed favoring track in a race that doesn't have a lot of pace. He's also coming off a layoff and conceding weight to all of his rivals. So for Greenpoint Crusader, in contrast to Mohe Men, Greenpoint Crusader, an ideal performance might be a late running second or third place finish. And that could really be a solid effort that he can build on down the road. What I'm hoping to see, assuming that Mohe Men wins, I would, I would be very excited for Greenpoint Crusader if he made a strong challenge in the home stretch, stayed on well, maybe finishes second or close third with Conquest Big E right there too. Um, anything like that with Greenpoint Crusader within about four lengths of Mohe Men at the finish and staying on well, that would be a really nice performance that I think he can build on down the road. Same thing kind of goes for Conquest Big E, although he has a he has more early speed than Greenpoint Crusader. Um, in his last race, an allowance win at Churchill Downs, he tracked solid fractions of 23 and 1 and 46 and 4. So he's got some tactical speed, and he was also very close to the pace in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. Carrying 116 pounds, 4 less than Mohe Men, 6 less than Greenpoint Crusader, Conquest Big E probably going to be in second place early on tracking Mohe Men and I'd just like to see him kind of push Mohe Men a little bit on the turn loom as a contender and then stay on well in the home stretch you don't want to see him give up if Mohe Men pulls away in the home stretch you want to see him keep grinding on keep chasing finish well in the home stretch stay within about four lengths of Mohe Men anything like that would be a really nice performance for Conquest Biggie, and again, something that he can improve on down the road. Turning to the Wither Stakes, you've got flexibility, and flexibility has been the picture, the definition of consistency so far in four starts. He broke his maiden first time out, he finished a strong second to Mohe Men in the Nashua Stakes, strong second again in the Remsen Stakes, and then Got away from Mohe Men in the Jerome Stakes and romped by four and a quarter lengths, as I mentioned earlier. Very impressive performance. Now, what's interesting for flexibility is that this is actually his second race of the year. He ran in the Jerome January 2nd, so he's going to have had two races in January, which kind of makes things tricky from the perspective of getting ready for the Kentucky Derby, because where do you go from here? Do you proceed onward to the Gotham Stakes and the Wood Memorial? If so, that gives flexibility for prep races before the Kentucky Derby. And no Kentucky Derby winner has prepped in that many races since Smarty Jones won in 2004. The trend recently has been for Derby winners to run just twice before the Kentucky Derby. That trend got started with Street Sense in 2007, and it's continued with Big Brown, Mind That Bird, Super Saver, Animal Kingdom, I'll Have Another. Then we had two years in a row, Orb and California Chrome, they each prepped three times. And then American Pharaoh, of course, won the Kentucky Derby and the Triple Crown after just two prep races in the winter before the Derby. So four prep races for flexibility could be a lot. Now, Trainer Chad Brown, he might not take that approach. He might choose to skip the Gotham Stakes with flexibility, wait for the Wood Memorial, although that is a bit of a layoff before his final derby prep, 
or he might send flexibility through the four prep races. Flexibility, he could be a tough colt, might handle that just fine, but if he's going to take the four prep race approach, we'd probably want to see him have another fairly easy race in the wither stakes. Just a similar performance to the Jerome, maybe sit off the lead, take command on the final turn, draw off a bit, win pretty easy, similar performance to the Jerome. Um, the race is a mile and a sixteenth, this wither stakes, so very close in distance to the Jerome, which was a mile and seventy yards. So you'd hope to see a similar final time and buyer speed figure for flexibility, probably Anywhere in the 90, 95 range would be right about right. You don't want, again, like Mohe Men, you don't want these horses running too fast, too early on the derby trail. You don't want flexibility to win with a 105 buyer because that's a big step forward. Hard to keep that momentum going all the way to the Kentucky Derby. Now, what's interesting here is that whereas Mohe Men kind of stands out in the Holy Bull from a pace and class perspective, flexibility actually has a pretty solid challenger here in the Wither Stakes in the form of Sunny Ridge. Uh, Sunny Ridge was the runner-up in the Champagne to Greenpoint Crusader, came back, finished a huge second in the Delta Downs Jackpot Stakes. I said he was beating a nose earlier, it was actually a neck. And for that effort, he actually received a buyer speed figure of 92, which is right in the range of what flexibility has been earning. Um, Brisnet's speed figure for the Delta Downs jackpot stakes was 103. Flexibility, his career best, is a 100 in the Remsen stakes. So just in terms of speed figures, Sunny Ringe is actually very comparable to flexibility. Now, he's coming off a layoff. He hasn't run since the Delta Downs jackpot on November 21st. And he also doesn't have experience over the inner track at Aqueduct. And having experience over that track, a little bit different than most tracks in the country, can be a big advantage in these derby preps and flexibility, having won the Jerome here over this track. That's a pretty big advantage in his favor. Sunny Ridge also coming off the layoff, you'll note he doesn't have the most impressive workouts in preparation for this race. In fact, he's only breezed three times since the Delta Downs jackpot. Most recently, a half mile in 55 and 4 at Belmont Park. Not a very fast time. However, Sonny Ridge throughout his career has not, he's not been the kind of horse that turns in workouts week after week after week. His trainer, Jason Service, has taken a different approach. Sunny Ridge actually didn't breeze at all for 20 days before the Delta announced jackpot stakes, and it certainly didn't affect his performance. Let's see here, before the Champagne stakes, he had just an easy half-mile breeze in 15-2. Before the Sapling stakes, he's had five furlongs, 101 and 4. So, in general, Sunny Ridge not a really notable workhorse. He's not the kind of horse that goes out and goes five furlongs in 59 flat to get ready for a race. He takes a much more easy approach. So judging from workouts, you, you can't really judge from workouts. Sunny Ridge coming off a layoff, he might need a race or he might not. It's, it's hard to say. But if he's ready for his best effort, Sunny Ridge might be able to give flexibility a challenge. So for flexibility, You'd hope to see him win 
with a little bit in reserve, maybe two lengths, you know, similar to Mohay Men, like I was saying earlier. But Sunny Ridge might be capable of pushing flexibility to a harder performance than that. Wouldn't be a shock if flexibility has to kind of dig down to beat Sunny Ridge. And I also wouldn't be totally shocked if Sunny Ridge wins this race. He's a very good colt coming off of two nice efforts. Very fast, very promising horse. For Sunny Ridge, though, coming off of the layoff, is a knockout battle with flexibility the best thing for him this early on the Derby Trail? Probably not. Well, whoever wins the Wither Stakes, whether it's Flexibility or Sunny Ridge, it's probably most ideal for both horses if one of them wins with a little bit in reserve and the other finishes second or third or wherever. But uh, an intense battle down the home stretch where the two horses lock together, heads apart, it's thrilling, really exciting. Also, probably not the best way to get ready for the Kentucky Derby this far out from the race. So those are kind of my thoughts on what I'd like to see from some of the main contenders in the Holy Bull Stakes and Wither Stakes. And before signing off, I'd like to take a quick look at the California Cup Derby, which is also on Saturday at Santa Anita. It's a mile and a sixteenth on the main track for California-bred three-year-olds. And this race marks the exciting return of Smoky Image. Unbeaten Colt won five races last year, including four stakes races. He was virtually unchallenged in most of them. His only close call came in the Golden State Juvenile Stakes at Del Mar when he had a bad start, got into some traffic, and still managed to rally strongly from off the pace to win by three quarters of a length over found money. A nice Colt that came back won the King Glorious Stakes and ran well in the Sham Stakes earlier this year at Santa Anita. Smoky Image has had a trainer switch since that race. He's been transferred from Greg James to Carla Gaines. And this is his first start beyond seven furlongs, so it's a bit of a test for him. But in terms of speed figures, he's a huge standout on paper. Last four buyer speed figures have been 84, 85, 82, 82. And none of his rivals in the California Cup Derby have ever earned a figure in the 80 range. So if Smoky Image can carry his speed around two turns, and he certainly appears capable of doing so. Son of Southern Image, out of a mare by Freehouse. He's got the pedigree to stretch out in distance. And a good performance in this race could lead to a start in the San Felipe Stakes at Santa Anita in March. And then the Santa Anita Derby, of course, in April. So Smoky Image is looking to take the same road to the Kentucky Derby that California Chrome successfully took two years ago. Notably, Smoky Image will be ridden on Saturday by Victor Espinoza, California Chrome's regular jockey. So, Smoky Image looks like a good one, and I'm very curious to see how he runs this Saturday. Well, that'll do it for the second episode of the Turf Sub Horse Racing Podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening, and I hope you'll tune in next week. Enjoy the racing! <laughs> <laughs>